You must be Mr. Eberhardt from, let me guess, Montana. <laughs> from the best-selling novel, Hoot, and from the people who brought you holes and because of Winn-Dixie. I got something really cool to show you. Comes the adventures of three kids. I got some little friends I look after over this construction site. Who answered the call of the wild. They don't care about little owls, even if they are in danger. We gotta stop this construction once and for all. We're the only ones who care. We're the only ones who know. This break. Just get that site clear. Think big. Somebody's gotta stick up for them. Break the rules. You gotta start thinking like an outlaw. And take a stand. There's nothing to stop them from bulldozing from one coast to another. Except for us. Hoot. Get out there and catch the punks that are messing with that construction site. I'm on it. Pull your vehicle to the side of the road. Directed by Will Schreiner. Soundtrack featuring new music by Jimmy Buffett. Welcome to Bad Movie Brunch with me, Luke, here in Chicago. And me, Katie, here in Los Angeles. Katie, Katie, Katie. Did you see Captain Marvel? I still haven't. Oh my god. You gotta see Captain Marvel. Is that good? I hear that the end credit sequence is amazing. Both end credit sequences are very top-notch uh, without spoiling anything because I know it's still the, the first few days, but... Um, Holy fuck, I wish you had seen it because then we would just spoil it right here on, on BMB and just fuck everybody's <laughs> world up. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's pretty awesome. And um, it's really nice to, to see that. Oh my God, fuck, I wish you'd seen it. There's a, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. But the, the Stan Lee cameo, Katie, do you, just don't stay away from the internet so you don't get spoiled. Okay, but, I heard briefly about it from my friend Bird, but he didn't go into detail. Okay, yeah, it's literally, it may make you cry. Oh, okay, uh, cool. It's I'm, like, I'm prepared. My body is ready. It made it. It's my far and away my favorite. Um, oh, really? It, even more than um, uh, uh, Spider Verse. You'll you'll see why. It's not even okay. close. It's my favorite. <laughs> um, okay, cool. And, I'm and, looking forward and I to it. Think you might agree, and this will be fun to listen back to once you find out what it is. <laughs> okay. Um, so maybe maybe whenever you see it, just let me know. But okay. We'll it's do. Brie Larson crushing shit like always, and mm-hmm. a return of Phil Coulson. <laughs> And uh, oh, that's Clark Gregg uh, getting to be a little bit of 90s Coulson. Um, and what's cool is we sort of got to see their first team up on screen uh, in the film Hoot for this week's episode. <laughs> um, because Brie Larson is, uh, what's her name? Beatrice the Bear or whatever mm-hmm. in this movie. And Clark Gregg is like the sleazy panca- pancake house r- own. business he businesses so much he does business a lot all right (laughs) katie i picked this movie hoot as you know uh the 2006 Mm -hmm. uh film based on the 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 children's if not young adults no children's novel um hoot of the same title um and you read it right i did read it i read it in like uh let's see 2006 is the movie so that's probably like eighth grade for me. So I probably read it in like seventh grade. And then I was like, oh, I read this. Hey, my sister, Allie, let's go see Hoot in theater. Let's do all the laundry in the house and get enough money to go see Hoot. 
Um, mm-hmm. it just, just on a whim. And I remember like both liking the book and liking the movie. And to my, mm. to my recollection of the novel, it's basically just this kid moves to a new town in Florida. He moves a lot. Um, they're putting up this, like the villainous, like pancake house. Think of it as like IHOP, but not IHOP, uh, putting up a, yet another restaurant on mother Paula's. Yeah. Mother Paula's. Thank you. Um, mm-hmm. are putting up a construction site uh, on the home of this beautiful uh, family of burrowing owls, hence the title. Um, and it's all about like him ma- making friends with other people, other kids who are like fighting this crusade together to stop the construction uh, and to save the owls. Um, I that's pretty cool, right? <laughs> uh, it, pretty interesting. Uh, but maybe not that cinematic, um, because the movie is pretty, pretty sucky. <laughs> it also bombed fabulously. Yeah. What was the like, numbers? It did, did not you make a lot of money. No, I, I have no clue. I, I, I imagine it did. Cause like, I was just like, you know what? This was, this show sometimes gets to serve a lovely, uh, like a lovely purpose for me where I can be like, eh, I can do it for bad movie brunch. And that gives me a reason to watch that movie that I've been thinking about. And I literally have not watched this movie since theater. So mm-hmm. it's been 13 fucking years since I put this movie on. And so I've always thought of it positively. And maybe I should have just left it that way instead of trying mm-hmm. to dig back in because I didn't really enjoy myself. And while I'm oh. <laughs> and while I'm not the target demographic anymore, I guess the point is it pleased me when I was the target demographic. And so that movie mm-hmm. is probably for you know middle schoolers hence it's about middle schoolers and you know it doesn't have to be super highbrow and stuff so i think it serves its purpose there um but watching it now i wasn't i don't know i have a lot to say what about you uh, i watched it completely cold i never read the book although i was aware of it when it was being widely read and i did not see the movie i honestly didn't even know that they i mean i kind of knew that they made a movie but it was like so beyond my periphery that I hadn't thought about it like even a little bit when it came out and certainly not since right and uh upon watching it for this very first time it struck me that this movie was made a decade too late I feel (laughs) like like if JTT was the main character in this movie yeah it would have been nice it would have done so well in the 90s it really would that's a that's an excellent point and uh, because there's everything about it feels like way more dated than 2006. As you mm-hmm. texted me throughout, you're like, this movie is basically scored by Jimmy Buffett. Yeah, uh, it is. And then is, is he produced it? Yeah, and 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 what else? What else? What else? I feel he, like okay. So Jimmy Buffett does oh, his okay. I believe his wife is the music supervisor. Very good. He's one of the producers of the film. He his music pops up constantly, including this truly hilarious song at the end called "Good Guys Win," and uh, he's also the science teacher, like in Maximum Florida. So much Jimmy Buffett in like multiple scenes, like dialogue mm-hmm. scenes and stuff for Jimmy Buffett. It's just like how... it's not like a cameo. No, he's like a, a no. character. How does that come about? Is that instrumental in making the film happen? Because we live in a world now where IP is like every every single solitary inch of IP is snatched up, whether it's even good or not at this point, just to see if they can make a hit movie or TV show or yeah, anything like that. Um, and do you think it, in 2006, well, 2006, so the production was probably like in, you know, a few years before that. So in like the early, two, the early aughts, 
Um, yes. Do you need to sell this movie to somebody interested like Jimmy Buffett? Like get get that name involved in order for the flick to get made. Is this a harder one to get off the ground? Like I think that they're living in a they're living in a post Harry Potter world, and this is no Harry Potter, but they're also living in a world where Holes was a pretty big fucking success. Um, no, that is true. Yeah, I and so, about that. yeah, and like so, I think they were trying to try like catch that sort of, I guess, lightning in a bottle. I don't know how much like you know Holes was in a franchise, but. Um, and it seems like it falls right in that vein too, uh, right in the same area. The novels were out at the same, like around the same time, and the movies were made around the same time. But something about this just the story is not nearly as complex as Holes, mm-hmm. and more so, it seems as though they kind of like stray away from like what makes the story of Hoot most interesting in exchange for like weird like gags and like trying to force these three kids to be like an ensemble and carry it when they could have probably like give the given them a lighter load and these are no slouch actors because mm-hmm. lo- we have logan Lehrman uh as the as the lead um main character can't remember his name <laughs> but we, uh, roy a eberhardt yeah there we go and we know yeah. him from <laughs> from perks of being a wallflower mm-hmm. um and other such fair so this is like interesting as hell to see this kid acting and he does a good job brie larson his face hasn't changed no. since 2006 no he is barely aged at all it's kind of weird middle yeah. schooler middle, middle schooler logan Lehrman is just the same as today <laughs> <laughs> um and then uh brie larson i mean fucking academy award winning mm-hmm. brie larson and now uh a, cor- a, a cornerstone of the mcu moving forward um no slouch it's just so, so and in that regard it was very interesting to see um these you know very talented and well-accomplished actors here in 2019 um sort of cutting their teeth in this movie but why does it suck like am am i crazy here like why does it suck okay so it part of the problem i feel like and again i didn't read the book so you're gonna have to tell me but like the the film is called hoot and presumably it's about owl conservation but it doesn't feel like it's about owl conservation it feels like a very convoluted and you know you can combine the coming of age with owl conservation but it definitely feels more coming of age than what it's trying to be about yeah and like why is this movie trying to be coming of age like it's not i mean i guess it is and like a novel has room to make that that like story like coming of age because you get to live like a whole like you know half a year at a new school in this kid's life and you're living like tons of days but you don't get that time in the movie and so if you don't if, if the sacrifice the exchange is you've got to make every moment count and there's a lot of moments in this movie that to me don't count um yeah like, like pretty much everything with Luke Wilson. Yeah, yeah, okay. And I love Luke Wilson. Go on on Luke Wilson. What 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 purpose does he serve? What role is he? What master does he serve in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> so Luke Wilson plays this kind of bumbling police officer who's right. trying to figure out who is vandalizing this uh, site for Mother Paula's, which of course is this ground of burrowing uh, owls. It's their habitat, and but he keeps like falling asleep in his police car like getting his windows blacked out and he really he's sucks. just he gets he's now driving like a little tiny meter maid cruiser and it's just for gags and he he's just kind of a lovable idiot and i guess that that works better i think in animation form than it does necessarily in live action it's a little bit less endearing and it never felt like he moved the plot 
except to except for that one time where he told uh roy's parents that he was in the hospital right. everything else just seemed like he was completely extraneous and that even could have been cut for them to just get a call from the hospital yeah and this movie's already like 90 minutes so like yeah. so like they, they found like they were it's like one of the few films i've seen where it feels like they're really stretching it out to make it to 90 weirdly enough yeah, like um, his like Roy and Beatrice the Bear have this weird biking around scene right. that does nothing. It does absolutely nothing. And the only reason why he goes around with her is to move the plot forward. Like she doesn't properly convince him to go with her and there's no incentive. It's just to move the plot. Yeah, it's really weird. And um Luke Wilson, correct me if I'm wrong, is he doing like some sort of like weird half-hearted like Texan accent or something? Like oh, was he? I thought that's like, just the natural Wilson drawl. Really? Cuz it like at least at least in like the first half I'm like is this guy doing like a southern accent? Do Floridians <laughs> sound like that? I mean Tim Blake Nelson's bitching at him and he sounds like Tim Blake Nelson all the time. Yeah. Um, cuz Tim true. Tim Blake Nelson's also like equally bumbling a uh, person on this construction site who's like always waking up to vandalism and always bitching to uh, 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 Luke Wilson about it. Um, but I feel like his bit is more compelling because he's getting yelled at by Coulson That's about That's um, a good point. possibly losing his job. Luke Wilson is not going to lose his job. There's no danger for him, yeah. really. He, so He doesn't even necessarily uh, want to help. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I don't know what to tell you, man. These are just stakes. This is vandalism. <laughs> yeah. it's It's pretty useless. And it's also, like, I feel like they were trying to do a, a Huckleberry Finn thing with mullet fingers. Yeah, the weird it, barefoot kid that our main character always sees running around, and he, like, lives in, like, the, in, like, the slum woods of, like, Florida or whatever the fuck. But continue. I, that never pays off. Like, we never see the dreaded parents. Never. We never hear about military school except through exposition. Yep. And there's danger with him either yeah it's There's all real urgency except for him getting like infected and like having to go to the hospital or whatever with that, a dog bite which yeah. was a choice that shit that shit gets pretty real and you know what is like stands out to me in this movie like if we're talking about like i guess standout the when they decide to go with violence and there's kind of an excess mm -hmm. uh, it's really intense mm -hmm. like it's really hardcore so Logan Lerman's literally getting choked to death by a bully on like the bus, which yeah. comes like he's literally wringing his fucking neck, which is jarring for me to see. I don't, I don't know about you. Um, and then like he turns around and just open palms his nose, like that, like gives him like the shot that like historically is like known through like legend and lore that if you give somebody a <laughs> shot like that, it's gonna shoot their fucking like nose up into their brain and kill him. And I'm like, did he just? Kill yeah. Him? I'm like, did he just kill his bully? And I'm like, dude, yeah, it was like such a women's self-defense class it was like, you're move dead. that like I it kind of warmed my heart almost because it's like, yeah, that's what you do is it you was, just that's the exact motion when somebody's like getting up in your grill. It was fucking intense. So like mm -hmm. that's like a lot and it feels like it comes out of nowhere. And the the but whole But somehow like, later when you see Dana, his lip is also messed up. This is the other thing I wanted to say. It's like he <laughs> he has to go visit his house and like write him a uh his parents make him write him a, or like the school does. Oh, mm -hmm. I have so much to say about this little segment. So mm -hmm. he, he's forced by his parents slash the school to write an I'm sorry letter to the bully who was literally wringing his fucking neck and swinging it back and forth in front of God and everyone on the bus. And then, <laughs> and then his dad is like, hey, 
you're in trouble. Like God, I think I wrote it down. God damn it. He's like, he's like, uh, they're not going to let you ride the bus for three days. And it's like, okay, that's like a super fucking obscure, like, no, like three days is definitely the mark for like punching a bully's nose into his brain after he rings your neck. <laughs> like uh, three days, right? Yeah, guys? he didn't get suspended, yeah, which three is days, right guys? Just interesting. No, no bus. Yeah. It's Florida standard ground. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and uh, so w- and when he goes to the the boys the boys fucking home, uh, and it has to like get confronted by like his his bully's like mom or whatever. The boy's face is fucking destroyed, like <laughs> absolutely wrecked, like black eyes, huge huge nose, split lip. And I'm like, what the fuck did this kid just like smack himself in the face with a book like on the favorite or something? Like what mm-hmm. the like what the fuck? Like he just also how are you alive? Because. I yeah. just watched this kid shove your nose bone into your brain stem hole. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's all so weird. And maybe we should go over the plot, like the basic yeah. points of the plot. Sure. Yeah. So how would you summarize it? Like just like, Okay, so this movie is about this kid Roy who has been bounced around from state to state because of his dad's job. The last state he was in was in Montana, and he finally felt like he was at home, but now he has to go to Florida, and he doesn't fit in, and he's getting beat up by this bully Dana, who he eventually knows crushes, and he kind of makes a spectacle of himself, and when he's on the bus, he sees this kid running, this barefoot kid, who we later find out is mullet fingers, and he's fascinated about why this kid is just running around barefoot. And he event this his interest in this kid attracts the attention of Brie Larson, Beatrice the Bear, who tells him not to look into it. But of course he does. And he finds out that Mullet Fingers is living by himself in the woods and that he's a runaway from military school and that he's looking after these owls that are being that are that have their habitat burrowing in the ground and that they're in danger of being bulldozed over by this thing called Mother Paula's, which is run by this evil pancake corporation that doesn't care about owls, and <laughs> they have to put a stop to it. They yes? Spe- they specifically don't care about owls. It's like in their, yeah, it's like in their mission statement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, that sums it up. And it's basically the, the, the days and weeks therein, um, through, the, through the lens of Logan Learman um, making his way through everyday life. And so they play it up at the beginning that he's like this Montana hick fuck, right? Yeah. Like they he's keep like, calling him cowgirl, which makes me so deeply uncomfortable. It made me like, uncomfortable why? too. Yeah. They just—it's just like they both have to point out the fact that he's from Montana and make fun of the the ranchness, I guess. But then they also have to like deep, like like they have to feminize him, which is just so. It's such a mix of two different things yeah. that's so deeply unnecessary. And it's not just Dana, the bully kid. Beatrice calls him that as well. Yeah, Beatrice is kind of mean. Yeah. Like, she's not she's not a warm character at first, but that's because, you know, they're like, oh, look at, that. Look at her. She's a soccer jock. I'm like, okay, so that makes her mean. And she ends up being a very warm-hearted girl mm-hmm. um, in the end. Um, I wondered if you noticed anything weird about the editing. Uh, oh, you mean that they keep doing the same shot of the golf course every time we go back to it and the clouds literally haven't changed? For one. <laughs> yes, that's fantastic. <laughs> uh, but also, like, this is a movie that went to theaters. It was yeah. a theatrically released film. 
uh, from like New Line or whatever the fuck. Why does it keep fading? Like, why does it keep cutting to black? Like, it's like commercial breaks, like every twenty minutes. D- I don't know, man. Maybe they thought like maybe this was going to be made for tv and then they just randomly got the chance to go to theaters and they're like let's take it because it does definitely feel like a direct to video or direct to tv kind of flick okay um also side note um why does this children's movie and i know we already talked about the buffettness but like it's what child cares about jimmy buffett absolutely no child that's what that's what i'm wondering is like did jimmy buffett have to like be like, oh, Florida, well, by God, let's make this movie in order for it to even get made. And then, like, he's like, well, I'm the one putting down the money. You better put Jimmy Buffett in it. And he's like, you're, you're, Jimmy. I would imagine. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I guess I need to, to do more research into like the, the Buffettness of it all. But like, yeah, it's not like how many kids have been to Margaritaville. Like, <laughs> like I mean, like, <laughs> how many kids even know who Jimmy Buffett is, especially That's now? True. But even in 2006, like, like through your parents, maybe like circumstantially, you knew the name Jimmy Buffett. Yeah, even your grandparents. Like, it's uh, he's an old man. Yeah, <laughs> and he's still partying. Mm-hmm. He's, but he's living on Margaritaville. Yeah, wasted away again. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> in Margaritaville. I went to the Margaritaville at uh at CityWalk in Universal Orlando. I went with you. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, area in LA. That's right. It was it was pretty damn fun. It was nice little restaurant. I I don't remember seeing like if you had not like again. I know Margaritaville is so directly tied with Jimmy Buffett, but I don't remember seeing any Jimmy Buffett pictures or really. It didn't smack the the Buffettness of it all. Didn't smack me in the face as much as this movie did. Well, in the other room, they had like a like a sports bar amount of TVs just playing Hoot. Um, <laughs> oh, I must have We that. didn't. We didn't. That room was all reserved. <laughs> we didn't get to. Uh, we didn't get to indulge. For the special Hoot showing. Yeah, Brie Larson is there. Mm. Isn't it weird that she won the Oscar for Room, which is also a a novel adapted into a film, um, but. I know they have nothing to do with each other other than that one thing, but like I just that just that just interests me. I just thought of that right now. Yeah, like this possibly I th- could have ended some careers. Like I don't think the director really directed much after this film. Like yeah. I think that he went into radio after this. Uh what is his name? Will Schreiner. Okay. So I do think that the this movie could have just been a total bomb for both Logan Learman and Brie Larson's careers, but they both managed to survive it just fine. Oh yeah, I mean, like all the names in this, and Logan Lerman and Brie Larson weren't necessarily names yet; they were children. But like Luke Wilson's fine. Logan Lerman and Brie Larson are more than fine. Tim Blake Nelson is absolutely fine. Um, I assume Jimmy Buffett still has plenty of money in Margaritaville. <laughs> but for a fifteen million dollar movie to make eight million dollars back total, oof, mm-hmm. that's brutal. And I mean. It's it's not a it's not that big of a deal, but fuck. <laughs> and just to be like, it's one thing to like people don't know about it and it doesn't make any money, but everybody likes it. But to not make money and get like shredded by like mm-hmm. pretty much every critical review out there, um, you're right. That could have been a career ender for people, and I'm 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 gl- I'm glad it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, because now we live in a world with Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel, they didn't hold it against her. Mm-mm. Thank God. I, I think this movie's main problem is that it just doesn't have enough follow-through like again it doesn't stick to the owl conservation message in a way that's impactful there's no call to action within the film itself no about like 
withering owl populations like the the closest that they get is at one point mullet fingers and our boy roy go out on like a boating expedition to see the magic of florida but that has got nothing to do with owls it's just about like man florida is a pretty state but it's not sticking to the message i don't feel an urgency or love or care for these owls even though they're very cute because the movie doesn't make me care right and also the the beatrice and roy thing are they romantic are they not the movie seems to imply it at one point and then completely shuts it down at the end saying that they're just friends but they just flirt with the idea of romance either just go full friends and no romance or full romance yeah it's pretty weird yeah and do something with the kid like like just make me care about these characters and what they're going through in your themes it just feels lazy not i mean again you have this really high concept plot like mm-hmm. off the off the like elevator pitch or whatever it sounds like a good book and a good movie but yeah like why not focus on what makes that idea interesting like why not make the con like play the conservation angle and like they 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 flirt with it like you said um with the like with the romance and other stuff but like the conservation angle is like planted at the beginning and then like we kind of just do away with it and then we decide to like what's going on in these kids lives and it's like i don't care I care about like them banding together to stop the evil pancake house. Like let's, let's make that the whole thing. And I don't what. So pancakes are bad. We love pancakes. Yeah. No, nobody, nobody's saying pancakes are bad. We're just saying that yeah. this pancake house is evil because it's trying to kill our adorable burrowing, burrowing owl friends. Um, oh, man, it's, it's such like they couldn't even come up with an anti environmental bad guy. No, no. They decided Clark Gregg, who's just like, a sli- like wants to be like uh, he's just a sleazy regional manager. Clark Gregg is like a a a less sympathetic Michael Scott, um, mm-hmm. doing way more evil things because <laughs> instead of selling paper and shit, <laughs> he's like literally just trying to to build uh what he wants like he wants to be the only regional manager to mm-hmm. to open a hundred pancake houses in one state or something. And it's like so many, and they're everybody in this town is like, oh, we're getting a mother Paula's. Stoked. Like they're, they're all stoked. excited about it. But if there's a hundred of them, like you could throw a rock and probably hit a mother Paula's. Like yeah, relax, guys. But you know what? If my, you know, I'm from a town where if we were getting something like a mother Paula's, it would be big news. And I, I, I don't know if my town would even care if we built it over some owls. <laughs> uh, like uh, to, to get it, <laughs> we just got a Jimmy John's uh like like six months ago, and like it's pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> I'd, I'd, uh, I won't go on record in saying I'd kill an owl for, <laughs> for, for a pancake. Uh, but I you would for a Jimmy John's. Well, I'm not going to go on record. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, freaky fast, freaky good. Jimmy John's. Mm. Um, no, sorry, go ahead. I, I just, what, what else is there to say? There's nothing. That's the thing. It's like, there's nothing. And like, I felt, I felt guilty. Um, like, I don't know. So I'm always of two minds on the show. It's like, I don't want to look back as somebody who fancies myself a fan of the arts, as a creator, um, as somebody who like tries to appreciate all content and art for even existing, and then roast, roast shit blamelessly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like absolutely cr- crush stuff. So I want to bring up the good stuff in this movie, and I feel like we've done that. But not. But also, 
how am I supposed to ignore all the bad shit in it? Does that make... I This is why I don't think I could be a critic outside of Bad Movie Brunch because I'd be like, am I just being a dick right now? But like, <laughs> I, I, but if I were just a critic, I wouldn't have Katie to be like, no, this movie just sucks. <laughs> um, unless that unless we like get our Bad Movie Brunch... Oh, Katie, marketing. We get a Bad Movie Brunch column in like the LA Times. Oh, delightful. Yeah, and just... You know, just called, is it bad or is it yeah. just us? Is it bad or are we mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, or is it good or are we crazy? Which is how I feel the majority of the time. Sometimes I go to... Like, yeah, when I see the... when I, It's so weird how word of mouth works, especially now in a world where we're, like, positively drowned with people's word of mouth. Like, mm-hmm. we, when we were when we were born, Katie, we would... We, we didn't have to hear anybody's opinion, really. Like, yeah. at the time period we were born. Obviously, as babies, we didn't. But the time <laughs> period. But now in 2019, we're hearing, what, a million percent more of people's opinion on every single fucking thing imaginable. Um, it makes it kind of mm-hmm. hard to, like, drown it out and decide for yourself. But you got to decide for yourself. Yeah, and I'm... I'm pretty glad that we watched this because again, I was, I was delighted at seeing so much Jimmy Buffett in one place, like delighted and alarmed. I, it was such a unique experience and also seeing baby Brie Larson and Logan Learman was pretty fun. So you get to see how their, uh, how their acting chops have evolved since making this movie. Brie Larson in particular, I think has evolved incredibly. Absolutely. I mean, obviously, but like, you said she you implied that she did pretty well in this movie. I felt that her acting was actually kind of rough. Okay. It seemed kind of like that overacting kid acting sure. that they usually go for in these kind of movies, which is fine because it's appropriate for the genre, but it, it didn't strike me as like good. Sure. But seeing her now and how much she's matured and progressed, like looking back on this is like, oh, look at you, Brie. Like you you really worked hard at developing your craft. Yeah, and think about the longevity of like of, of like the career to like be already working in features like this at that age and then to make your way through TV, through multiple films, to win a fucking Academy Award for, for you know, best lead actress. And then to be cast like in a role that, you know, I remember when they were when they were talking about casting uh, Captain Marvel and people were like, oh, Emily Blunt and like all of these like other like older like, I don't know, I guess I won't say more well known because Bree's got the Oscar, but mm. it definitely felt like they were going to go like kind of like older or whatever. And to give it to Brie Larson is such an amazing choice because she has a she has a charisma and she has like just this attitude that is noticeable in every single thing she's in where like that's, that's a superhero. True. Like in, I I don't want to mess with her. You know what I mean? Yeah. In in this movie even even like, in this movie. Even though I do say she does the the overacting, like like she has this very typical Brie Larson cold stare. Yeah. And she gives that to Logan Learman at one point and you're like, oh there it is. She's always she always in each of her characters has this really core sense of strength it, it always like, it, it truly always seems that way like look at spectacular now and like she's she's kind of the she's the her character in the spectacular now is the whole reason that miles teller sutter gets his world flipped upside down in the first place like mm. she's she's the call to action she's the inciting incident uh 
of 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 the movie like even like the story within the film even existing is because he she decides to break up with him and like mm-hmm. she's the one talking sense into him and she's like dude you can't just be this person it makes me like so sad to see this and like she's like that like the strong strong willed like character in that or look at like scott pilgrim <laughs> you know what i mean where, yeah. where oh, she's man. like she's like a super badass um like famous star like super ice cold like like she's just like always so badass um comically serious in that one yeah which is pretty fun right and it's like not a choice i would have thought to make and Mm -hmm. uh like i just i can't wait to see her in uh in game i was so fucking excited when they cast her as captain marvel brie larson forever bad movie brunch bad movie brunch is brie larson forever (laughs) (laughs) There's no That's our about official that. stance on Brie Larson. Oh yeah, it'll, it's no, it's unwavering. My stance mm-hmm. on Brie Larson. <laughs> um, K- Katie, see Captain Marvel. I will. I promise. <laughs> I promise. Um, what else you've been doing? You've been watching anything else aside from who? Oh, into extra credits. Uh, oh, we, we yeah. don't have to. We don't have to be. Oh no no no! I'm <laughs> into it. I just finished all of uh, Russian Doll. Oh, which I really Natasha Lyonne. Yeah. How is it? I am. Um, it's very good. It definitely feels more like a very long movie than a TV show, which you can do on Netflix. Yeah. It's, I, I can't imagine it being anything but in a bingeable format. Uh, I, so I think that it's, it's right where it needs to be. It's very enjoyable. I, I really came to care for both of the leads and I would recommend it. I like the twists and turns. I'm interested to see where they're going to develop it from here. Cause again, it's, this is a first season, but to me, it kind of felt kind of complete in G- a way. Give me some juicy spoilers. Well, actually, on this. no, that that's, that's wrong. It does end on a, on a cliffhanger kind of. Give me some dirt but... and people can skip ahead 20 seconds, but give me some dirt <laughs> about Russian doll, like in the, some early episode spoilers to get, to get, to whet my appetite. Okay. So you think that this, uh, this gal played by Natasha Leone is the only person that is going through this groundhog day death time loop and, or very much like happy death day. And, um, but as it turns out, there's somebody else who's going through the same exact thing that she is. And she meets up with this guy and they try to figure out why this is happening to them together. Okay. And that makes it more compelling because there's a, a team of two broken individuals who have to figure out why they keep having this very unique experience and they're very different and they're kind of forced to have to understand each other and to care for each other because of their very unique circumstance you make you make it sound katie you should talk about everything (laughs) you you know how to you know how to sell a show let me just tell you have you also uh, speaking of netflix shows have you watched any of the umbrella academy I just started it okay, actually. I'm I, on episode three. I'm gonna start it. I haven't, but do you think, based on the episodes you're in, that I would like it? Oh, because people I don't are know. Rec- people are recommending it to me. Your taste in superhero films and media is pretty unique. You prefer. I think this might be a little bit too goofy for you. Interesting. Okay. I mean, you'll have to watch it to let me know. I'm gonna give it a like, shot. I, I, I feel like you usually tend towards some brooding more shit. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I'm, I might I might give it a crack and see what's up to it. Also, like speaking of superhero shit, Cloak and Dagger season two is coming up. I can't fucking wait. Um, did you ever watch oh, any Cloak and Dagger? 
I'm sorry. Or did we already talk about Arrow? Arrow? No, fuck no, we didn't. <laughs> I try. I try not to think about it. Oh, okay. Arrow is ending. It's like, and not only is it being like canceled after next season, but they made it a ten episode season eight, mm-hmm. which is like just a slap in the face. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm really, really sad about it. I'm like really, really disappointed. But like, I've had a few days to sit with it, and I feel better about it every time, uh, just because like. I have to make concessions with myself. Like, look, man, the show, like season one and season two are super killer and they have this tone. And then everything after like season three and especially four, you kind of just have to like acknowledge that it's a different show now. And the tone is a lot more like, um, not as hardcore or not as like believable. Like they have to make it more of an ensemble. It's not quite as dark and stuff. And so, you know, I had like over time, like I was already like making like, okay, this show keeps getting different. And at the end of the day, it's my favorite show on TV and I absolutely love it. And I think the stuff they've done, I mean, it birthed an entire universe. Like the flash was born out of arrow legend of tomorrow, like all that stuff, like a whole like Berlanti verse, like a smallville, like set the, set the stage. And then arrow like came in and like kicked the doors down and created like this sprawling ever ever evolving universe that has been just fantastic to watch i mean supergirl for christ's sake that spawned out of the air like everything um and it's really sad to see it go because Stephen amell has been a star and uh everybody on the cast has been stars and to have a character that has been like never you never featured in a in a film um Mm -hmm. you know kind of a a b or c tier dc character to be honest um to get eight fucking seasons of a network tv show for the green arrow not the flash that's a shoe in supergirl people know who that is but for the green arrow what a triumph and i have to just be happy that i got to 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 see it exist mm-hmm. um and i have to be happy that maybe this is like opening the doors to maybe doing new stuff with the green arrow like maybe we get a green arrow movie dc movies wb as we've talked about and as we're continuing to see are it seems like they're going more in a standalone way and they're like trying to lean into some weirder properties like when aquaman's making you a billion dollars and justice league's not and when like batman and superman aren't bringing your dough maybe you get weird so it's tough to look forward to i'm very sad but it's tough to look forward to correct me if i'm wrong but did you did it take you some time to warm up to arrow because i kind of have this memory of you being very warm on Flash and being kind of cold towards yeah, Arrow. That's what's so that's the other thing is like I'm really disappointed in myself because in college I tried to watch Arrow and I, I just didn't care. Um I wasn't in the I just didn't care. And uh, I I wasn't like giving it its fair shake. I, I think I used to be um I think when I was like in like high school and like early college, I was a lot more judgmental of uh of stuff i was watching and i was way i was like always trying to write something off and like as i as we like you know as i moved to chicago and we went to depaul and like we did other programs and i started to like you know really uh invest in like writing and like like you know looking at all different aspects of film and everything else it's like i'm way more like able to appreciate like takes and like uh stuff like that and that happened like i think that happens out of like stuff like my enjoyment of the Snyderverse and like Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, which then led me to like dig into Smallville because a take. And then finally, like I finally was like, I love the character of Green Arrow and 
why don't I give this show a fair shake? There's a Green Arrow series on TV. Why don't I do it? And mm-hmm. um, I finally gave it a shot, and I'm like, oh, you're an idiot. Because, like, <laughs> season one is so hardcore and so badass, and it's like I was so mad at myself for, <laughs> for like, missing out on it for so long. And so now we live in this – I left to live in this world and live with myself where in the last two years I came around on Arrow and watched every single episode to the point that I'm current now. And so mm-hmm. I've only been current on Arrow for this season. And as soon as I get there, they're like, we're, we're canceling it. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> um. So it's a tough time. But the other thing I have to console myself with is, uh, oh, it also sucks because Flash had an amazing first season and then all the other seasons of The Flash have been kind of bungus. Mm -hmm. Whereas like Arrow is consistently dope in my opinion. So it's just like, I've really had to eat a lot of crow. And I'm learning to like be like, the older I get, be fine with eating crow. I I, I, I just know that I sound like a fucking idiot (laughs) all the time. So I'm like finally being like, oh, that was stupid. I was wrong. And it's so much better to just be like, okay with trying to enjoy things and not forcing yourself to like like enjoy things or not but like giving things the chance um is just liberating mm. like i i can i can breathe easier knowing that like we watched hoot and like talked about it for 45 minutes on a podcast when we could have easily been like that movie sucks and like never talked about it again like that <laughs> that's why i love this well, show there, there's merit Absolutely. And going back and doing a retrospective in particular of these careers, and I think also maybe in the context of literary adaptation, as you were talking about with how it's funny, like Brie Larson's career, she was both in this and also in Room. And then Captain Marvel is a comic book adaptation. Like she and Scott Pilgrim, like Spectacular Now is a book. Scott Pilgrim's a book. Captain Marvel's a book. Like. I'm, we're, we're breaking ground here. Brie Larson crushes. Like sh- her agent must be like, was there a book? I don't fuck with anything. <laughs> I don't fuck with anything that is an IP. Like her agent must be just like <laughs> cutthroat. Um, that's so interesting. I didn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She loves, she loves adaptations. She, she does. She's a maven of it. Yeah. But outside of that, I think. Go ahead. Yeah. You. <laughs> you, you go. So, in essence, we didn't talk about the ending, but of course, like... You know the ending. Stops, yeah, he stops the evil pancake house from destroying the owl habitat. And, uh, the, you know, it ends up being an owl reserve because the actress that plays Mother Paula says so. And um, yeah. <laughs> they don't... Pancake house somewhere else, I think, was the implication. Just not right there. Right. Like, it's not... It's like, it's like everybody wins. Like, look, guys... Yeah. We're not the bad guys here. We all want pancakes. Except for Chuck Muckle. Is Chuck Muckle Phil Coulson? Yes. <laughs> that, dumb, that dumb fuck. <laughs> Clark Gregg is the shit. I just watched Avengers yes, 1 yesterday. And I'm like, God damn. After watching Captain Marvel and then going back and watching Avengers, I'm like, shit, man. Clark Gregg, Phil Coulson better come back in Endgame. It would be so right. awesome. And I think it would be, well, I don't want to say. I'm so afraid I'll spoil Captain Marvel for you, so I don't. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't want to. Uh, we'll talk. I can't wait. Literally, okay. literally, text me when you see it. <laughs> um, okay, I will. I absolutely will. Are you watching anything else? Doing anything else? Is life interesting or you know? Life is. I I finally started. Did I? Uh, I have been watching a little bit more of Big City Greens, and it is just delightful. Hell yeah! It reminds me a lot of um, Bob's Burgers, and then it's about kind of a quirky family who clearly all care about each other a lot, even though they're offbeat. And instead of uh, a burger joint, the thing with big city greens is that they're farmers who lost their farm and now they have to be in the big city. 
And so this kind of has this fish out of water element and they have their kind of country background that they have carried with them to this urban setting. And it's fun to watch them interact with the city characters and how they kind of stand their ground, but are also open to learning. Hell yeah. That sounds great. That's very sweet. So one thing I want to also leave this episode on is uh, a new segment that we've been working on um, that will come in the form of bonus episodes uh, Mm. called Brunch Bits. And so the fact of the matter is I am seeing too many movies in theater to not talk, (laughs) (laughs) to not, to not like air my thoughts and talk about them. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and sometimes it's difficult for, you know, me and Katie being on, other ends of the country <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, to always um, link up and do uh, an episode as frequently as we'd like to. So I'm going to try to do it as, uh, as often as possible, but in a perfect week, you'll get your bad movie brunch episode for me and Katie. And then mm-hmm. the next day or whatever, you'll get a brunch bit, which is just a pint sized little 20 minute episode um, where me and uh, different guests, or maybe even sometimes just by myself, but I like to hear the sound of my own voice, so uh, <laughs> we'll kind of just recollect my thoughts of whatever like flick I'm seeing that week. They're usually gonna, I'm gonna try to keep it in the the bad movie realm if possible, mm-hmm. like movies that maybe people aren't seeing, or movies that are maybe getting like unfairly reviewed uh, poorly, or maybe unfairly reviewed like I don't understand why it's so great, and here's what I hate about it. <laughs> I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. but it's just going to be a, a way for me to like not explode because <laughs> I just have yeah. to like talk about the shit I'm seeing. And I feel like, you know, there's just a lot of stuff in theaters that maybe if you're wondering, should I go check this out? You can listen to a brunch bit and it's a real like quick little, um, you know, review and my thoughts on it with, uh, sometimes other people. Um, and you can expect, be expecting one of those very soon. So get ready oh, to I'm so excited. Yeah. Get ready to brunch bit your I don't fucking know. <laughs> get ready to munch on a brunch bit with me. <laughs> um but that's you got what, it. But you that's, got it. Well, we'll work on it. And we gotta figure yeah. out we gotta figure out theme we'll songs. Down we gotta do theme songs for bit. both these shows. Like we gotta get yeah. <laughs> But uh at the end of the day, Bad Movie Brunch is me and Katie forever. This is Bad Movie Brunch. Like the episodes were still like the main continuity and then brunch bits are just like a fun little bonus aside um, that I'm going to venture off and do uh, on the same feed and everything. You don't have to subscribe anywhere else. It'll just be something extra to snack on. Radical. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Yeah. No, good stuff to you, Katie. (laughs) All right. Any, uh, Any final thoughts on Hoot or anything else? You know, I think I said all that needs to be said. Maybe more. Maybe um, more, Katie. Yeah, but it's it's fun to go back and see these performances, yeah. but overall the narrative is not very uh, appealing. Yeah, I or don't satisfactory, I should say. I don't see myself returning to it anytime soon. <laughs> Let's just mm-hmm. put it that way. <laughs> but um, that's all. That's about all I've got to say for another episode of Bad Movie Brunch. I have been Luke Taylor, and I have been Katie Grotzinger. Have a good one, guys. <laughs>